1938, a radio broadcast just shook the nation. It was a dramatization of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, which many mistook as breaking news, believing what they were hearing was an actual alien invasion. Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from that mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. When I hear about fake news today, I think of that radio broadcast. Because as technology advances, it's becoming harder to distinguish what's true and what's not. Just listen to what happened when BuzzFeed hit the streets to ask about fake news. Real news or fake news? Did Donald Trump say this to People Magazine in 1998? If I were to run, I'd run as a Republican. They're the dumbest group of voters in the country. They believe anything on Fox News. I could lie and they'd still eat it up. I bet my numbers would be terrific. He said that. He said that. That is true. I know that for a fact. I think it's real. It's real. Have you seen that somewhere? Yeah, it's We're living in a growing and dangerous world where we're consistently being duped and fooled by fakes. And distinguishing the truth and what's real is becoming more and more difficult. People can do or say anything, and many have become master manipulators, using technology as a weapon of choice. Advanced technology allows fake news to become nearly impossible to spot. We're not talking about the filtered selfie that you posted. You know, the one, yes, we're all guilty of it. You erased your wrinkles, your flaws, those smile lines. No, this is serious manipulation involving bombings, political unrest, and racial divide. You should know whether something is real or not. I mean, when you buy a ticket for a blockbuster movie, you pretty much understand that there will be some green screens and CGI. Those dinosaurs or superheroes, well, they're just not really there. And everybody knows about Photoshop. And of course, social media apps now let you put bunny ears or a dog nose on your face. That's the easy stuff. We certainly see more fake news than ever lately. We've had Pizzagate, the Pope endorsing Donald Trump, Barack Obama banning the Pledge of Allegiance. A lot of fake news has to do with politics, of course. Some of it doesn't. Who can forget this gem? It's a six-year-old boy who is inside an experimental balloon that, according to all reports as far as we know, was uh, being uh, made or had been made by his parents. And we have just been told this thing is now down to 300 feet. Now it's at 100 feet. Let's us all take a deep breath. If you, uh, if you are predisposed to do so and you want to say a little prayer, you might want to do so now. That was the news coverage of a giant weather balloon flying through the skies of Colorado. There was no six-year-old boy inside. But rumor was reported as fact, and it quickly spread online. The Balloon Boy saga got one family its 15 minutes of fame in the spotlight. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando, and in this Commando On Demand podcast, you will be astounded hearing about something called video manipulation. Forget just using photos. I'm talking about videos. Videos that look real, where the person sounds like they actually did say what they say, but all of it is totally fake. We're going to talk about why the advanced technology of manipulating videos, it actually has become a threat to our national security. We're going to talk about what the government and the research communities are doing to fight what could quickly become an epidemic. 
So you want to stay right where you are because I guarantee you, you will never look at videos again the same way after listening to this podcast. This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the internet. That's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. That's a PSA. It recently went viral on social media. It's been viewed so far over 4 million times on YouTube. Okay, you know that voice, don't you? It sounds like the former president, Barack Obama. And in the video, let me tell you, I know you can't see it because we're listening to a podcast, but the guy looks just like Barack Obama. As you can tell from me talking about it, it's not Barack Obama. The video was manipulated and the voice was used of an actor and director, Jordan Peele. He did the video to demonstrate how new technology makes it easier than ever to create realistic looking fake news. He wanted to stress the point that we need to all start taking a closer look at these videos, at the techniques people are using before it's too late. In these Commando On Demand podcasts, I love it because I get to have these extended interviews with experts. Now I'd like you to meet David Dorman. David is a research scientist and the former project manager at DARPA. Of course, you know what DARPA stands for, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA is part of the U.S. Department of Defense. They're responsible for emerging technologies used by our military. Because of all this, the agency likes to focus on keeping all of us a step ahead of cyber threats. So, David, let's start at the beginning. We've seen manipulated video in the past, but what's different about these videos nowadays is the quality level. They look so real. You know, we've had the ability over the years to be able to generate um, computer generated imagery, CGI imagery, but it was typically material that came out of the very high-end Hollywood-type applications where they were interested in being able to create enhanced graphics and better, more realistic types of, uh, of uh, images and video. A lot of people don't realize that the software programs to create these fake videos, it's not scarce. You don't have to be a whiz-bang video editor to, in order to figure out how to use it. These programs, well, most people are able to get their hands on. Is the technology is coming directly out of the research uh, community. So it's, you know, people aren't having to wait for these high-end, uh, very expensive tools that take a lot of time to generate this kinds of, uh, uh, of material. They can do it basically on their own uh, personal computers now. And of course, your research shows that someone doesn't have to be a computer genius to create these realistic looking videos programs that, uh, you know, someone with a, a very limited knowledge of, of computer expertise can take um, a graphical user interface and generate video that's very realistic, images that are very realistic of essentially people that don't exist. Um, they can take and put words in people's mouths. With technology always advancing, we should have expected this type of video manipulation would eventually become mainstream. Once you have the tools and they're not expensive to get and they're not hard to use, things go crazy. But did you expect all of this to happen so quickly? We knew that this type of thing would be coming down the road. Um, the computer vision community has made leaps and bounds uh, over the last five, six years 
with um, various types of uh, machine learning algorithms, uh, but we were somewhat uh, surprised that it, it happened this quickly. You may not have predicted this cutting-edge deception to get here this quickly, but it's certainly here now. The future of fake news is not just some blog anymore. It's manipulated video. You and I get that. Let's talk for a moment about how these fake videos could be used by the wrong type of people. If you look at what's happened since, um, say, 2014, the, uh, the types of capabilities that are coming out of the community now are things that we didn't expect probably for a decade. When you start thinking about a large campaign of misinformation or propaganda, people believe what they see. And if the video looks real, they're going to say, oh, this must be real. I think those of us that know that this type of uh, material is out there um, are much more likely to question and, and sort of do the sniff test on these types of images, these types of video. Um, the challenge that we have is when this gets combined with uh, very large com campaigns uh, for disinformation, um, we tend to get bombarded with it over and over and over again and tend to be less sensitive to, to the types of things that are out there. Then it becomes this big danger to our national security. For, for national security, I think um, we're getting to the point, or if, if things keep going at the same trajectory that we're seeing them, uh, we're going to get to the point where it's not just a single image or video or tweet that gets produced. It's, it's a whole event that can be produced synthetically. And if that starts to happen, uh, it's going to be harder for people to to discount them because they're going to see uh, a lot of information, a lot of uh, disinformation coming from a lot of different angles. And uh, if that starts to happen, then, then it's going to be difficult for people in general to trust any type of, of media that they see. We know from all the fake news on Facebook, for example, that we can't believe everything that we read. But things are different when people see things. I mean, typically when people see a video that they're just appalled with, they act immediately before having all the facts because they just assume if it's a video, it must be true. From a national security uh, interest, um, you know, we rely a lot on, on the open source type of information um, just to judge, you know, what's going on in other parts of the world, um, you know, humanitarian type of, of things, military type of things. And in general, if that type of information um, is spread and our government or, or um, better yet, some third world uh, country or some other uh, country that doesn't have the resources to vet this type of thing, uh, you can imagine it um, causing um, lots of unrest um, or even having these countries react uh, too quickly before they have all the, the right information. And that's the scary part. You could easily have a corrupt dictator start using advanced video technology to create these fake atrocities. Well, let's take let's take a gas attack, not 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 the Syrian uh, gas attack that just happened. I'm not in any way uh, implying that that was uh, uh, fake, but imagine having some uh, bombing or something that happens, uh, or somebody claims that it's happening in some part of the world, and uh, you have uh, tweets about it, which is the text form of of. Uh, false information. Um, there are bots out there now that can generate that type of text automatically. So you could have, you know, a thousand people texting about it or tweeting about it. 
um, at the same time. At the same time, you uh, generate uh, pictures of, of casualties uh, from a lot of different angles, from a lot of different people, a lot of different sources. You know, you have a video camera type of, uh, of uh, generated data. So you could imagine having that entire type of event, and if it happened to be something that's, uh, you know, in an area that there's already racial um, divide or political divide, um, you can get people pointing fingers and, and, and reacting uh, very quickly. That's where it gets really frightening, because manipulated videos could actually start a war. The tools to trick can be used in any aspect of life. For the past few years, most of us, when we hear the term fake news, we think of politics or maybe a doctored photo here and there. But Dave, you see filtering to all kinds of fields. Especially in biomedical research uh, of people reusing images, reusing uh, results to, to try to claim research results that never happened, putting in proposals um, based on um, you know, preliminary experience that experiments that weren't uh, correct. Um, so as we start to see some of these tools come out, I think there's a lot of different places that it will be applied. Um, so we have a, both a combination of, you know, can we educate people? I know it's hard for you to say, but what is the government doing behind the scenes? I have to think that technology being worked on in Washington is some of the most advanced in the world. The problem is that the technology um, is not out there yet. Uh, that's one of the reasons that uh, um, our government, DARPA, has, has invested in it, because that's sort of breakthrough technology uh, that's needed to be able to scale this to the and automate things so that, uh, so that we can put this process up front. It's concerning that the technology to change video and morph voices is available to everyone. There's been a real push to battle counterfeit and fake news online, but the public has to do their part too. Coming up in this podcast, if you're on social media, you want to stay tuned because we're going to be talking about how fake news videos are being used online. We've been talking about fake videos, and our guest for this podcast is Dave Dorman. He's a pretty smart guy. He's the former project manager with DARPA. You know what DARPA is, the Pentagon's Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Dave, let's talk a little bit about the state-of-the-art tools that are being developed to identify when videos have been altered to misrepresent the content. The tools that I'm talking about to say, flag a fake video. Even the professionals, you know, take it and they try to uh, either support the integrity of, of the images or video or they try to debunk them. Um, if we can eventually get to the point where we can automate that process, we can scale it so that rather than reacting to different types of images and video that are shared, everything that gets processed or everything that gets uploaded um, to a network, anything that comes through an analysis system uh, is run with a process that, that analyzes the integrity. If we can get to that point, um, then it'll be a, a front-end process rather than a reactive process, and I think we'll be in a lot better shape. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast, because when we're talking about video manipulation, leveling the playing field isn't going to happen overnight. But I think the research community is 
making a significant um, impact on this. And uh, if it's not going to solve the problem anytime soon, but the goal is to be able to, you know, to control the gap and to narrow the gap between what people can generate and, and what we can detect. All right, let's talk about the real problem for fake news. I mean, we have our neighbors, our friends, our family, pretty much anyone with a smartphone. People seek out the opinions that they already have online. They're looking for anything that supports their agenda, right? Real risk is is in people that want to believe this type of uh, of news in the first place. Uh, I think we saw that in the previous uh, elections. Uh, the people that uh, wanted to believe that there was, you know, these things consistent with the misinformation tended to share things more. And that's the crazy thing with social media. If people want or if they choose to spread lies online, they will. And in some ways, social media is really bad because the technology has made us, I think, more intolerant. The truth of the matter is things are shared so quickly nowadays that uh, even if you can show that it's not true, um, if it's already spread to uh, a large part of the population or to a large number of sources, it's going to be difficult to undo that damage. And that's the crazy part, because if you want to share something that you know is fake online, it just takes a few clicks. Social media doesn't have a vetting process. I have to tell you something. Before anything makes it onto my national radio show on the commando.com website in our newsletters, it gets scrutinized. It gets reviewed. Just as in any newsroom for journalists of days past, every story must be inspected and checked out before made public. But none of that responsibility applies to social media. It's just a free willy. Uh, the problem with social media is we don't have any of those types of, uh, of uh, constraints. Um, you know, a lot of our social media companies, uh, they're there. The more that they can share information, even if it's bad information, um, that's really what they, um, that they're there for, right? They don't want to necessarily take uh, and, and try to in any way um, put flags on, on people's independent content. Uh, they assume that people are sort of policing themselves. I've seen it. You've seen it. Some of the stuff that people post or tweet out, you just want to roll your eyes and go, whatever. And all these big tech companies making billions of dollars every year, they say, oh, we're going to police social media. We're going to clamp down on the fake news. But as you know, they're not doing the best job. Here in America, we have warning labels on everything. Do we need them on Twitter and Facebook too? If we can get to a point where um, everything that comes, you know, sort of comes with a warning label, uh, the same as we see on other um, potentially bad things that are bad for you, um, people will start to uh, understand that, uh, you know, not everything on the internet is true. And here's where you have to follow the money train. Because if you're getting the clicks, you're getting the page views, which means you're getting the advertising revenues. And there are countless sites out there that care more about clicks than facts. I mean, what they want is they want the clicks. They want people to get to their site. Um, they want, uh, you know, to grab attention. And as we all know, the things that are... Um, further from the norm are the ones that are going to be the ones that uh, grab attention. So I guess the bottom line is we just have to be cautious. We have to use our common sense. If you see a video that looks, well, kind of out there, it probably is. You know, educating people that uh, 
there is this uh, misinformation uh, campaign out there and to be vigilant, I would say, in, in, in looking at stuff and, and be careful before they share it. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you learned something very valuable, that when you see videos online, if they don't look right, just sit back, look at it again, because I'm telling you, these videos are amazingly convincing. Right now, there's no program that can tell you if every video posted is legit. It's you. You are the last line of defense. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. Hey, stay up to date with all the Commando articles and podcasts with the Commando app. It's free and you get notifications for podcasts like this one and the very latest articles on everything digital and those security alerts. And if you like this podcast, do me a favor. Don't forget to subscribe. Head over to iTunes, Google Play, and also give us a great five-star rating and review us because that helps us better our podcast and also helps more people to find our podcast. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. And I'll see you on the radio for the Kim Commando Show.